The Packers signed Sammy Watkins. So what does he bring to the Packers offense and how does he affect their draft plans? Plus, from WFRV in Green Bay, MK Burgess is here to talk about the new coaching staff, her impressions of this team, and a lot more. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for the Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. MK Burgess from the CBS affiliate in Green Bay is on the show with us today. That used to be where our friend Lily Zaw was. She's now, of course, in Milwaukee, crushing it. Uh, we're going to talk to her about a lot of different things, including her experiences covering this team over the last few years, her impressions of Sammy Watkins, who we're about to talk about, and a lot more. Sammy Watkins is a Green Bay Packer on a one-year deal worth up to $4 million. This is essentially a vet minimum deal with incentives. It's, it's and I, I hesitate to even bring this out, it's basically the Odell Beckham Jr. deal. That's neither here nor there. We don't know what the incentives look like. Not the point. Sammy Watkins was at one time a very, very, very good football player. And he's from the same 2014 draft class as Devontae Adams. He's actually younger than Devontae Adams, was just 20 in that 2014 draft. He's only 28 now. So still a guy who's not old by any means. But the problem for Sammy Watkins over the course of his career is his inability to stay on the field. Played 13 games last year in Baltimore, nine starts. And before he hurt his hamstring, first third of the season, he was really playing well for Baltimore. And that is the problem over the course of his career is he can't sustain it because he his body just won't allow him to sustain it. And that's a bummer because when he's healthy, he's dynamic, he's explosive, and he's not, you know, the the take the top off kind of of guy he used to be. He's not the I can take a slant for sixty at any time, like he used to be. But when he was that guy in Buffalo, Jason Vrabel, the Packers receiver coach, was in Buffalo. Last year in Baltimore, he averaged almost 15 yards per catch. The last time Sammy Watkins did that was 2017 in L.A., who was the offensive coordinator in L.A. in 2017. It was Matt LaFleur. This is a key step in just patching up the holes. This is a big hole. A big hole. Sammy Watkins does not fill the Devontae Adams void that is left with his absence. No one should expect 
Sammy Watkins to do that. But on the football field, he is still a useful player who can take an underneath route and get up the field and create after the catch. He's still someone who can win vertically. He tracks the ball extremely well down the field. He can still make big plays, and it wasn't that long ago. In fact, the 2019 season, the year 2020, when Sammy Watkins made the game-sealing play in the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs, over Richard Sherman on a route concept that they borrowed from the Packers and Devontae Adams. A route concept Devontae apparently borrowed from Keenan Allen. This is a guy who is going to be familiar with the offense. He's going to understand uh, the second reaction stuff, which they did in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Scramble, scramble, find an opening. You add another guy who Rodgers presumably is going to trust. Now, he can't trust them if he's not on the field. And that is the fundamental problem with Sammy Watkins over the course of his career. But that's true of Julio Jones. That's true of Will Fuller. So I think the Packers are going to wait and see on these other guys, see how the draft goes, and then decide whether or not they need to add more pieces post-draft. I think this is your, I made the joke on Twitter that this is your please don't trade above us move like okay the Packers signed a wide receiver a big name wide receiver and so they don't need anything at 22 so please don't trade above them thinking they have to take a receiver at 22 which they don't it this in its way helps protect against that a little 20 percent 30 percent maybe less how does it change their draft plans I don't think it does. I don't think it does. This is a one-year deal. This is a, a one-year stopgap. So if you if you wanted to go into the draft and grab two receivers, I you still do that. Still do that. Go find the guys that you think are going to make an impact on this team. Now, if I'm if I'm the Packers, I don't I don't need to get two. I don't need to get two. Not I said yesterday. I think they're going to get three, but you don't need to get two. Ben Solak over at the Ringer has been saying, former Locked On Podcast Network host over at Locked On NFL Draft, been on the show, friend of the pod, said there there are going to be no more bad receiver classes ever because it's just the position now. There's just going to be five, six, eight, ten guys in every draft because it's a passing league in the NFL. It's a passing league in college. And they, they do these seven-on-seven camps starting in like when they can walk. Like my son is almost two and he's going to be starting a seven on seven soon. That's not true, but you fell for that for a split second. That is the level of receiver class that you have basically every year. This is a, this is a, I wouldn't say a bad receiver class. This is a receiver class that is not as good as 2020, for example. And there could be six guys that go in the first round. There could be 10 guys that go in the first 60 picks. There could be 20 guys that go in the top 100. There's just, your teams are always going to need them and they're always going to be guys. You still need a true number one and you still need the speed threat. Sammy Watkins is not really either one of those. He's, again, a nice veteran receiver, which you need. So this is helpful. This is useful. This is a jumping off point. According to Pat McAfee's source says, Aaron Rodgers has spoken to Sammy Watkins. They talked uh, two nights ago. 
and they're excited to get going. Aaron is excited to get going. This is the name free agent, even if he's not the same player he used to be. This is the kind of name free agent that I think fans wanted, and maybe Aaron Rodgers wanted the Packers to go out and get. They got him. It doesn't really change much about their draft strategy, but it just makes it a little easier for you to say, okay, let the draft come to you because you have at least one more guy who you feel good about this year. If you're drafting for rookie seasons, I think you're already getting yourself into trouble, but I think it it takes the pressure off a little and gives the Packers some flexibility to maybe move around. I still think, you know, if you have the chance to go get one of these elite guys, if you have to trade up, it's still something you should explore. Taking two in the top 70 is still something to consider. Taking three overall, still something to consider. But this is a nice move. This is a, this is a, this is very similar to the Devin Funches deal, very similar to the Rick Wagner deal, to the Christian Kirksey deal, to the Dennis Kelly deal. There is an and and the Devondre Campbell deal. There is upside. For very low risk. It's a cheap, nothing deal with plenty of upside because for a couple games every year, Sammy Watkins can be a really, really good player. And he's still just 28. So I think you can expect that for four or five games this year, he he can be really good. And then for four or five games, he'll be a limited version of himself. And then for four or five games, he's going to be hurt. That's what you're getting. Well, that's what you got from MVS last year. So that's a that's a more or less one for one replacement, even if it's not the same skill set. And so now you need to go and and try and you know cobble together the value that you've lost with Devontae Adams in some way, shape, or form, including with scheme and, and other kinds of adjustments, and go from there. All right, we're gonna get to MK Burgess coming up here in just a second. But today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info, the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including basketball playoffs, start of Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we're doing an NFL Draft show here on the Locked On Podcast Network on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. That is going to start 7 Eastern. I got a couple messages about that yesterday. Where can I tune in? What's the deal? The 28th, which is the day the draft starts, 7 p.m. Eastern, the 29th, 6.30 Eastern, and the 30th, 11.30 Eastern. We are coming to you from uh, parts unknown, no, from a studio, uh, and, and we're going to have a great team of people helping break down the draft and getting you ready with everything you need to know about the players being taken both in Green Bay and around the NFL. Joining me now from WFRV in Green Bay, MK Burgess, who has witnessed two of the most bonkers years in recent Green Bay Packers history. And I want to, I want to start with that because you came to the Packers at a time when we thought it's going to be normal. It's going to be fine. And then the world exploded. What was it like to jump right in with the Aaron Rodgers drama and everything that's gone on over the last two years? Uh, Peter, you know, it was just so interesting because I not only moved here right whenever there was like a little bit of rumbling, they just drafted Jordan Love. No one really knew what was going on. But I also moved here in the middle of a pandemic. Hmm. So the normal channels in which you get to interact with players were not there. Like I interacted for the first year with everybody, like on a computer. Um, but not only that, um, 
it was just very interesting. It was very interesting to see because Rogers was coming off those two years where it kind of looked like he was aging and mm-hmm. it didn't look like what he was doing in 2011 and 2014. He didn't look like that. So it kind of made sense that they were looking for a quarterback coming into that. And then 2020. Don't tell Packer fans that. There are I mean, a, lot, a lot of Packer fans still mad about it. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they I'm sure they are mad about it. But I mean, to me, like from an outsider, also like I did not grow up a Packer fan. I did not grow up an NFL fan. I was always a Rodgers fan because he was always super awesome to watch on on television. Right. Just the yeah. outstanding, phenomenal way that he plays the football game. Um, but looking at it, if like as someone who had not like religiously covered or watched the team, you come in after doing some research and you were like, all right. I mean, I don't know if I would have drafted Jordan love that high, but I'm also not Brian Gutekunst and have not, you know, religiously researched a bunch of draft picks. So coming into that, no one really knew what to expect. It was also the pandemic year. I mean, we didn't, you didn't even know if you were going to have a football season. Right. Um, and so it's been a very interesting two years. Um, watching Rogers the past few years, it's just been like, he's been putting on a football clinic for the entire league to see. And that's been really, really fun because you think, you know, how good he is. If you see him on television and then you see him in practice and you talk to him in press conferences and you see him on the football field. And that man is like an assassin with the football. It has just been so interesting. And as a reporter, it's been so cool to just see how he picks apart the game of football and just how much he remembers. Like his memory is like one of the reasons he's so good at it. The fact that he can remember a route from like 2010 is absurd. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast last week. (laughs) And so it's been really wild to see that it's been really, really cool to see the difference, other nuances of football. I've been really like, I loved getting to know Jair Alexander and to see his quirky personality and just his quirky personality is so different from how he plays on the football field. Right. And then my coworkers make fun of me, death taxes and me asking about the offensive line. But like, I loved seeing all the different personalities of the offensive line. And I became very obsessed with how you could like how great Adam Stenovich and Luke Buckus were about plugging and playing so many different people. And it felt like at one point they were on like a offensive lineman that they'd picked up off the street. And yet you still weren't able to get to Rogers. Um, so it's been really, really cool and really interesting Um, I felt personally victimized by Aaron Rodgers uh, on draft day last year, just because I've had everything ready to go. And then it was like, Oh no, he's unhappy and doesn't want to come back. And so then everything got thrown out the window. Yeah. Um, but you, me both, you, me both. I'm sure everyone felt personally victimized. I'm sure everyone was like, what, what do you mean? He doesn't want to come back. We haven't even seen, I'm sure (laughs) they were were just in the NFC championship game. What are you talking about? Just in the NFC championship game. I'm sure every Packers fan felt like that SpongeBob gift where he's running around and everything is on fire because Seeing Jordan Love play a single down of football, he was inactive for every single game in 2020. And then, you know, your your MVP quarterback is just like, yeah, no, I don't want to come back. You're like, what? What do you mean? What? Excuse me. So it was. It's been a wild, wild ride. I've also learned what a panchakarma cleanse is. Yep. Didn't didn't need to know that one. I could have I could have gone my whole life without that one. I literally I said that when I was reporting it. I was like, if you if you do not need to Google it, I'm going to tell you right now. Just don't. 
don't, you can't unlearn that once you learn it. And, and I, I could have, again, agreed with you gone my whole life without knowing that. Um, it's been a really, really interesting two years, but it's also been, I don't know, it's been fun. Like I've enjoyed watching how everyone has handled it and how everyone has, Leaved in and out. There were a lot of things on my bingo card that I didn't think I'd know. Like especially, I didn't think I'd have to see Aaron Rodgers' foot on a Zoom. But <laughs> also saw that this year. Uh, so it's been uh, it's been great. I mean, it was definitely not boring. And that that means good content for us. That is that is always good news for us. Uh, I'm I'm so glad that you developed this obsession with the offensive line because it is perfect for how this offseason played out for Green Bay in that. Adam Stenovich is now going to be mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. I want to get to your impressions of him in his first press conference as OC in a second. When you heard that Nathaniel Hackett was going to be the next coach of the Denver Broncos, did you A, assume Stenovich was going to be the OC, and B, did you think it was the right call? Uh, I thought it was either going to be him or Luke Getzky, uh, but here's the reason. I also thought they were going to lean more to Stenovich because LaFleur is never going to give up play calling. Mm-hmm. And I think Getzky wanted to go somewhere where he could get that ability because at some point he also wants to be a head coach. Um, and I think the beauty of LaFleur's scheme is that he calls the plays. And so um, I liked the fact that Stenovich was going to be it because I think that offensive line was the backbone of the team the past two years. Um, Rogers is so great, but he is getting up there in age and he's talked about the fact that he's been able to stay healthy and upright. And that's to the credit of the fact that his line has been an absolute wall, even though they had like, they had two rookies and they had to plug and play a bunch of different people. And it kind of felt like they never lost a beat, you know, albeit a, a few different games, but Um, I liked that move from Stenovich. He commands respect in that room. You've heard about Rogers talk about him. Great. You've heard every single offensive lineman talk about him. Great. And so I liked that move. I thought that if you, you knew you were losing Hackett, you knew you were probably losing Getze. You couldn't, you couldn't stand to lose another big offensive line. Not even that, just an offensive minded leader on that coaching staff. So I liked that move. I thought it was the correct trajectory. Um, and I'm very interested. I don't think that there's going to be that big of a drop-off because it's not like Hackett was calling plays. It was always LaFleur anyway. So I think that's a big step for, for Stenovich. I'm very interesting to see how it's, how it's going to, how it's going to go. I'm really excited for Luke Buckus. I mean, that man is just looks like an offensive line coach. That he's guy. a bulldog and it's so <laughs> great. It's so awesome. And I love, I love his, his Dick, Dick Buckus's, um, Twitter. Twitter is so funny. It's just, Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be insane. It's going to be so fun. I mean, I just, I think that everyone now the, how the offensive line shapes up is still to be determined, but, um, I, I liked the move for the Packers. We, we were talking as we heard from the coaches the other day for the mm-hmm. first time this off season in its new form, this coaching mm-hmm. staff. And I said, what has stood out to you it just in the middle of it. And, and it was interesting. You said a name that I going in would not have expected. And that was the new outside linebackers coach. Who's going to be a very important person mm-hmm. this season. Why? So I loved Mike Smith, the former outside linebackers coach, because he was so, um, eccentric, but in a wonderful way. Yeah. And he was kind of that, like in your face, as I just described a Luke Buck is like a bulldog. He had that tenacity and you need to have that as an outside linebacker, right? Because you're 
trying your big grown man trying to tackle another grown man trying to go through more grown men right so you have to have that that little bit of quirkiness i love that he walked in and was like yeah you just say revs i can't pronounce my own last name half the time like also awesome love that you understand that pronunciation is hard like great great start um and the other thing and i wrote this down i loved that he was like when asked about Rashawn Gary, he talked about how he's already got it down physically. What he wants to help him with next is mentally. And then he went on to explain that, right? Like Rashawn Gary had a breakout year last year. No, there's not anyone in the league that doesn't know who he is and doesn't know what he can do. And Rebs is, you know, we're going to, we're going to move forward. He said, we're going to call him that. Uh, he talked about how now he has to help prepare him mentally. Like the fact that he's not going to get one-on-ones all the time. He's going to get a bunch of people starting to chip him. So how do you prepare for him to mentally start trying to play like a chess match with whatever the other team is doing to block him from being so successful? And to me, the understanding of that and the the ability to articulate that was really, really cool because if you can articulate that to the media, then you're definitely going to be able to do that to your players. And that's what stood out to me is that like he – I love it when coaches want to get super, super analytical and not like talking about stats or whatever, but they right. want to play like mental games with yeah. the other team. That to me was really awesome. And Mike Smith was kind of like that, but he would do it in a way where he would talk about like – I don't know. I mean, the man was crazy enough that he was like trying to build a tree house and fell out of the tree and got a concussion. And, and then, you know, he was a little more homespun, you know, he compared Rashawn Gary to a rattlesnake and like, it was just a a different vibe. It was a very different vibe, but I think you have to be that little bit of like off the wall to like coach off outside linebackers. And, and I enjoyed that. Also, I just enjoyed the fact that he took the time to like break down how his coaching style was. Um, for me, like that was, that was really, really interesting. And that's why I love talking to assistant coaches is because I love seeing how they talk to us. It's probably a little bit more like refined on how they talk to their players, but, um, I just thought it was super, super interesting. And, and I don't know, I was like, I want to, I wanted to go play for him after listening to him talk. Like your point about being able to articulate it to the media versus articulating it to a player. My thing has always been good communicators are good communicators mm-hmm. by and large. And so if you can't explain it to someone who doesn't have any clue right. what's going on, how are you going to explain it in the kind of nuanced detail that you have to, to the people in the room? Mm-hmm. And so I've always felt like there is this idea that, oh, that's not their job to talk to the media. And it's not, right? It's not their job to talk to us. It's part of the job, but it's not their job mm-hmm. description. But I think you can learn a lot in in that communicate in the style and all that his official name is Jason Rebervich. We we're going to call him Rebs on this show as well. Um, just because I don't, I don't want to screw it up and it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. I'd like, I'm it's, it's Jason Rebervich, but like that is that you a lot. stumble on that last <laughs> part. Like you can get the first part correct. And then your tongue's like, no, I don't like the bitch end of it. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to quit midway through. So just like Rebs is good. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just, we'll just roll with that. I was also very anxious, as I'm sure many Packer fans were, to hear from Rich Bisaccia. Um, And to my mind, he delivered. I mean, he was everything that you wanted him to be. The quips, the the genuine and earnest personality that he has. It was so obvious in the first two minutes. Like, oh, okay, this is why his players just absolutely freaking love this guy. 
I agree with that. The biggest quote that stood out to me besides, you know, saying that he's short, bald and Italian. So maybe that's <laughs> why he's angry at everybody. Like that was obviously the greatest one liner. The other big thing that I loved, and we've always talked about one person, like that was the thing last season, right? It's like, it took one person not doing something on special teams to screw the entire thing up. It was right. one, even though there's 10 of them on the field or well, it's supposed to be 11. There were sometimes. Only 10. <laughs> right. Um, and so, uh, the biggest quote this is, he said, it's not offense. It's not defense. It's we fence. Like, and I think that was the biggest part that there was no cohesion on special teams. You know, if it wasn't that the holding was going right, or we couldn't kick four field goals and it took us until overtime against the Bengals or, you know, like it was just something absolutely like there was always some kind of miscommunication where like four or five people were not doing their their job. And I love that. He's like, no, it's, 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 we, it's all of us together. And, you know, I was always, when I, when they hired him, I was like, there's no way that man just spent half the season as a head coach of the Raiders. Like, why would he want to go back to just a coordinator job? But one, it's the Packers who wouldn't want to come to green Bay. And And he said that, right. Right. I mean, right off the bat, it's, it's the green Bay Packers. It's one of the most storied franchises in the history of the league. Like, who wouldn't want to come to a team that literally demands a com- like to compete for a title every single season. Yeah. Um, and so you, you got that, but you could just tell, like, I loved Drayton. I really did. I loved talking to him. I thought he was a wonderful person, but you can just tell, like, if, if you guys aren't on the same page, then yeah, um, I'm not trying to disappoint Basaccia in any way, shape or form, because that man will light a fire under you in some way or the other. And I think not to say, I don't know how Drayton was as a, as a coach, right? Um, not to say that Drayton didn't do that. Cause you could tell that his players did love and care about him, mm-hmm. but I think it's a different, like, like Basaccia, I feel like would put on a pad and helmets and run out there and play. Yes. If, if like something went wrong, like I feel like if he thought he had eligibility in the NFL, like he'd be like, no, sit down. I got this. Like, that's the kind of like vibe that I get. Like he's the type of, of coach. And they, I mean, people have seen this, like he, his players want to run through brick walls, which mean we're probably running through a bunch of other heavily padded football people in football pads. Like, yeah, not you know, that different. I don't know if that's that different. Um, and so that's the kind of vibe that you got is that he just instills this, like, you know, we give everything all the time as a unit and you need to be a unit in special teams. The Packers have not been a unit in special teams for a hot minute. They have not. Uh, uh, lastly, uh, and and most recently now, um, just before we we jumped on, um, we, we got the reporting that the Packers are bringing in Sammy Watkins, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, was with Jason Vrabel, the receivers coach mm-hmm. um, in, in Buffalo, and then was with Matt LaFleur in 2017 in L.A. when he had his uh, a pretty nice season there. What do you make of this signing for Green Bay? So I'm not surprised, right? Because it's kind of like when you brought in Devin Funchess and then he didn't play because of of COVID and whatever, and you wanted that that um, that uh, that veteran presence in the locker room. And for people complaining, like you're not going to replace Devontae Adams. I'm sorry, you're just not. Like there's there's one of a kind players. Just like you will never replace Aaron Rodgers. You're never going to replace Devontae Adams because no one is ever going to be get the production that he had or just the commanding presence that he had. I mean, Baltimore put together a defensive package called 17 Bulldog and the man still scored a touchdown, which means your defensive package failed. Right. So, um, you know, it's, I like the move. 
because while Watkins may not, you know, be a young spring chicken, I think he's turning what, 29? He's 28 right now. So yes, he's turning 29 this year. So as someone whose age starts with a three, let's let's leave uh, off holding this guy, calling no, this guy old, please. I am also I am also have left the I have left the twenties. It is I had a mid I had a crisis about it earlier. It's fine, <laughs> it's cool. I'm no longer a youth. It is what it is. So we're not going to hold it against him that you know he's considered what like an old an old wide receiver. But I think he can still bring in the veteran presence that will add with Randall Cobb with Alan Lazard, and he has enough of. A resume that if he if he's able to connect with Rodgers, that could make for a very, very interesting, interesting matchup. Now, my biggest concern is the fact that he has not exactly been able to stay hmm. healthy. I had him on fantasy for like a couple years and he would be great. And then he'd be injured and you'd be like, great. I just like drafted him and now he's out for like six games. So like, what am I supposed to do with that? So I think the biggest thing for me is going to be whether or not he can stay healthy. Otherwise, great veteran. Uh, that you picked up, you didn't have to spend a whole lot of cash on him. I think the report was like for up to four million, which means probably not even going to pay him four million because right. I think Rogers, like just like I said, you have not been able to stay healthy. But he had a nice year. Uh, it was with the Ravens and then like the Chiefs, so he had a. I mean, he didn't have a bad year. He was he was productive, um, and obviously Lafleur knows him because he was in 2017. And then Vrabel, well, like, literally was just talking about him two days ago. Um, and so I, I like the move. Uh, I'll be very interested to see what they do in the draft. I think they're going to get some receivers. I don't know if it's going to be the receivers. Everyone on Twitter is wanting, uh, but it, it I, never is MK. It no, never is. No, it never is. I love Packers Twitter during draft time. Everyone is always like the sky is melting every single yes. That was my first introduction to moving here. I was like, getting on Twitter and I was like, you guys need Jesus. Like, everybody <laughs> yes. just needs to like <laughs> take a chill pill drink some tension tamer d like yes oof, everyone needs to go drink. go touch grass something yeah. Just, please yeah go stick your head out the window and breathe in some like night some fresh air or something but like that was my first introduction to it and i was just like oh this app is gonna be so fun during the season <sighs> did you find it was fun uh it was fun it was just it was funny because it's a lot it's, a, it's lot. a lot. It's a lot. It's it's funny because I thought as soon as the season was over, it would end and it doesn't because then they find something new to worry about. And the past two seasons, there have been stuff during the offseason to worry about. Like, is Rogers going to come back? Are we going to sign Devontae? Well, we franchise tagged him. Then we traded him. Oh, my. Like, it's just it's been very, very interesting to see. Packers Twitter and sometimes Packers Twitter doesn't like pick up on sarcasm. So sometimes if I'm just feeling snarky, I'll tweet out something and they'll be like, Oh my God, why would you say that? I'm just like, man, can't, can't always catch the sarcasm. No, it's, like, um, do I, need, I almost feel like in the big bang theory, I need to just hold up the little sign that just sign. sarcasm yeah. so everyone can read it. Um, but it's been, it's been super interesting to see. Um, and I'll be, I, I don't mind the move. I mean, I thought they were going to pick up a, a veteran wide receiver. Um, I also don't think that I think Goody wants to see what he can get in the draft before if he, if he makes another big time move, I'm not going to be surprised also after the draft, if he signs another big time veteran name, but I like, I like the Watkins signing. Well, this was so great. I'm I'm sorry that it took us two years to do this, um, but we will do it again much sooner than that. I promise. Thanks, MK. 
All right, I want to thank MK for joining the show. Great conversation with her. And I think that that there was a lot of, of really good information. I love hearing from people who have not been covering this team a long time. Their, their impressions, how they how their impressions have evolved and all of that. I think that's really useful for people who are in the weeds on it every single day to get that outside perspective. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is truly something unique in the health food space. It doesn't taste like a health food. And that's something that every health food company claims. And trust me, I've tried. I have walked up and down the aisles at the the health food grocery stores and tried everything. This is a product that delivers like nothing else I have ever tried. Truly, I, I I cannot tell you enough how impressed I have been with not just the first time I tasted it, But now we're going on two years of me eating them and buying them for myself in my own home and believing in this product. They're high in fiber, high in protein, like you would want. They're low in calorie, low in net carb, like you would want. But they taste delicious, also like you would want. They come in all kinds of great flavors. They've got puff brands and they're always coming out with new and different flavors and variations that you should check out because they go fast when they show up. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL corner Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, awesome week of shows. A couple different interviews this week. We're going to have a couple more next week as we get set for the 2022 NFL Draft. A whole lot more to get to, to preview, to have fun with between now and then. And check out that live show. I'm going to be hosting. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a blast. And and I'm telling you, it's going to be better than the network shows that I know you complain about. I know you're in a group text with your buddies going, God, this show. It's so it's it's whatever. It's a lot of things. I've got I I know people that work on those shows. I respect those companies. I'm telling you, our show is going to be better. It's just going to be better. It's going to be more conversational. It's going to be more fun. It's going to be more loose. And it's still going to bring you all the information that you are looking for. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers, like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.